0: Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Monday, December 4th. Standing on Bathsheba's shoulders. Today's scripture reading, Matthew 1, through 1-6, MAV. The Book of the Generational Origins of Jesus the Messiah, Son of David, Son of Abraham Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah the mother was Tamar, Perez the mother of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, the mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, the mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of David, the king. David, the father of Solomon, the mother, was her of Uriah. This is God's word. The Lord announces the word, and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng. Once again, this is the line from Psalm sixty-eight, eleven, where we've been commencing each week of these reflections as we continue in this journey through the stories of the five women Matthew mentions in his messianic genealogy. Five women, five stories to tell. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, Mary. The Lord announces the word and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng even the scandalized Tamar, the outsider Rahab, the out-of-bounds Ruth, and yes, even the women so tarnished, so tainted with the scarlet letter of King David's infidelity, into which she was shanghaied by that lusting, grasping king that Matthew can't even bring himself to utter her name. She is only her of Uriah, the of Uri, forcefully made of David. Yes, through her too, Only, we must dignify her with the name, Bathsheba, Bathsheba in Hebrew, the daughter of the oath, daughter of the vow observed, the vow kept, the daughter of the promise and faithfulness and loyalty, all of that trampled by a wanton king after God's own heart. We must dignify her with her name and hear her story too. For too much of church history, we have conceived of the Bible as a great story written by men, for men, men to be told and interpreted and applied by men, with the women sitting quietly in their cordoned-off balcony, preferably muzzled, or at least veiled, either metaphorically or literally. But to once again quote Clarissa Pincola Estes from her book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, as our other reoccurring set piece until we absorb it into our bones. Modern storytellers are the descendants of an immense and ancient community of holy people. Trabadors, bards, griots, cantadores, cantors, traveling poets, buns, hags, and crazy people. I once dreamt I was telling stories and felt someone patting my foot in encouragement. I looked down and saw that I was standing on the shoulders of an old woman who was steadying my ankles and smiling up at me. I said to her, No, no, come stand on my shoulders, for you are old and I am young. No, no, she insisted. This is the way it's supposed to be. I saw that she stood on the shoulders of a woman far older than she, who stood on the shoulders of a woman even older, who stood on the shoulders of a woman in robes, who stood on the shoulders of another soul, who stood on the shoulders. I believed the old dream woman about the way it was supposed to be. The nurture for telling stories comes from those who have gone before telling or hearing stories draws its power from a towering column of humanity joined one to the other across time and space elaborately dressed in the rags and robes or nakedness of their time and filled to the bursting with life still being lived if there is a single source of story and the newman of story this long chain of humans is it As we move deeper into the holiday season, like the Magi following the distant light, this is where we find ourselves, on this towering column of humanity. This week, standing on the shoulders of the daughter of the oath, Bathsheba, Bathsheba. Our goal? To see her, to hear her, to let her tell her story. With Bathsheba too, we without doubt have some preconceived notions of who she is and what her story is. Our task is to drop the preconceived notions, drop the assumptions, and drop whatever agendas we may be bringing to the text, and to simply let Bathsheba speak. Here we go. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, what are your initial impressions of Bathsheba? And even if he didn't use her name, why do you think Matthew would footnote his genealogy with her story? Why yet another sordid story detour? Lord, how easy it is to stop at the headline, featuring in biblical lore too often manly men dominating the show. Lead me beyond such headlines, writ large and bold, to the hidden figures in the byline, in the fine print, without whom the story would never have been told, nor are we here to tell it, or to hear it, or to live it. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, Miriam. Help me not to brush by them or their stories, no matter how unsavory or scandalous the details at times, as they frequently weathered the abuse and domination of an all-too-often heavy and abusive male hand, rising up as true mothers in Israel, rising to rock the cradle of the world, the new heavens and the new earth, in which justice and mercy meet. Through the One, born in Bethlehem, on one starry, starry night. Through your mercies.